have not done enough studies about wolves uh, in the wild. They sh- it's just like very hard to watch them. Jackie, there's a lot of diseases that we cure. To uh, did either of you watch Avatar: The Last Airbender? Like a long time ago, the yeah. TV show. Yes. Um, <laughs> I assumed it was more recently, uh, given that it's now back on Netflix. It feels like a bunch of people rewatched it. Anyway, I was one of them. Anyway, there's a there's that part at the end where Uncle Iroh goes into prison and then just gets ripped. <laughs> I'm trying to reenact that big Uncle Iroh energy. <laughs> yeah, with the last months of quarantine, <laughs> just uh, doing lots of squats, <laughs> lots of lunges. I have been riding divvies, which are the Chicago city bikes, and I've been loving the fresh air. It's definitely a good workout. Like, don't get me wrong, I get very sore. But, oh my god, I cannot keep up with my appetite after I ride. Like, I'm a linebacker or something. I'm doing three meals, snacks, IV of Gatorade. Like, it's out of control. Like, am I actually Michael Phelps? It's not right. (laughs) Hey! The other thing that I learned. So, I have been really interested in... Um, gestation periods recently. I don't know why. It's something I picked up. So I've done a lot of research. (laughs) Why does it take us nine months to have a baby? (laughs) When it takes like a dog two months to make a puppy. And they make like six seven at a time. And then it's like elephants take 22 months. And it's like, but as soon as that baby is born, it's walking. It's like walking. What, the elephant? Yeah, it's having a grand time as soon as it's born. Like most mammals, as soon as they're born, are able to like walk. Um, Yeah, horses are like running within two minutes of being born. Um, And it's like, why are babies born helpless like they can't even hold up their own heads so apparently this is how it connects back to biking i wasn't expecting that (laughs) i thought we were just like yeah so the last like the first three months of a baby's life they're essentially as helpless as they were in utero so the question is why isn't the gestation period 12 months and then they're born and they can kind of like crawl around and like hold their head up and stuff why is it that they're born completely helpless the theory is that women's hips were like if they were wide enough to give birth to a year old baby essentially like a three-month-old baby or whatever they'd be too wide to run uh which is how humans like hunted and stuff for the first few millennia um but that's not true because wider hip like women have wider hips and it's fine you can run and do everything you need to um (laughs) they can leave regular lives too right despite being hips are fine extremely thick (laughs) you too can live a happy and full life right so then it was like okay Okay, so then article that made me wear weird ass swimsuit for having wide hips (laughs) (laughs) 
so then I was like, okay. Um, so the theory now is that, so when you are having a baby and people are like, you're eating for two, you literally are because in the last trimester of your life, your basal metabolic rate is like two times what it normally is when you're not pregnant. Usually humans can only sustain an extended period where their basal metabolic rate is like um, higher than it's supposed to be at a rate of like 2.2 times their standard metabolic rate. So women in that like last trimester of pregnancy need to be consuming twice as much as they normally are because their body is just naturally burning at twice their normal basal metabolic rate. And that's why they're so hungry and all of that. If they did the third or like the four, a fourth trimester, essentially uh, with the baby inside them, they would be, their basal metabolic rate would be so high that they might not survive. And so that's why the baby has to be born essentially helpless um, and spend the first three months of life doing nothing but like continuing to, ve- to develop the way that they, that most mammals do in utero. I'm still waiting for the bicycle. So professional cyclists have a basal metabolic rate, typically like four and a half times what a normal human does. And that's insane. Okay, I was about to ask, well, what about Michael Phelps? The basal metabolic rate of, like, professional athletes is insane. (laughs) Um, So insane that if it was required of the entire population, like, to sustain, uh, like, the next generation being born, like, human beings would have died off. (laughs) We, that, it's crazy. Anyway, that's, that's basal metabolic rates for you. This is like the second or third time you've talked to me about it, so. What is our side dish this week? Wait, didn't you learn a lot about wolves or something, too? Okay, so I see what you're doing. You're baiting me. But I will talk about wolves for a minute. (laughs) It worked. Don't make me talk about wolves. Don't make me talk about wolves. I don't want to talk about wolves. Yeah, yeah. Basically, a lot of our uh, common understanding of wolves and how their social hierarchies work are based off of a bunch of flawed studies done in, like, the 1940s. (laughs) So this whole concept that we have accepted as, like, a dating culture of, like, I'm an alpha, you're a beta male, and it's, like, none of that's in reality how wolves work. Or how human beings work. <laughs> like, it's all it's all based off of this scientist who was, like, published a book where he started calling wolves alphas and betas. And then later he was like, wait a second. Stuck. I think I was wrong about this whole alpha-beta situation. Everything uh, you thought about wolves is wrong. It's wrong. Welcome to Side Dish. <laughs> we have not done enough studies about wolves uh in the wild they sh- it's just like very hard to watch them <laughs> there's a lot of diseases that need cure well i'm just saying like if we're gonna base a bunch of our social get every scientist on this if we're if we're gonna start saying like oh people are just like wolves like we have alpha and beta males and like alpha women and like like if we're going to start saying that, we need to actually have it based in reality. In reality, the wolves were just like, it, it, he, what, he was calling the alpha male, was just like 
the father of the group. <laughs> and like yeah, the alpha I, female was just the mom and they were just acting like mothers and fathers and mating males and females do. They weren't, it wasn't this complex, like social structure. Anyway, it's a nightmare and alpha and beta like personalities is all a mess. Hot take. I think it'd be really, really easy to be successful if you're a white man in like the 1800s. Because I feel like you could just like loudly say something and write it down, and people would be like, "Oh, is this true?" Like there's no like citations or like what were you gonna do? Like put a wolf from Alaska on a train, and like that's what they did. If you go to Sequoia, it's all like no one believed this man for three years that there were giant trees in the Southwest. So they chopped the oldest living tree in the world down to ship it to New York. So they could prove that those trees existed. Like basically everyone just just like, okay. Why Why does it go for the biggest tree in that scenario? Surely a smaller tree that was still impressive to the East coasters would have sufficed. I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's like an indelible part of society. Like exactly. no one can go on, no one can go on bodybuilding.com forum and tell them that the alpha beta is a false concept. It doesn't matter at this point. It is to them. <laughs> it's like everyone calls every single facial tissue a Kleenex, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just weird. It's weird how many of these like. I like it. It's a broken, flawed study based on a species that's not us. And we're like, let's make it apply to us. Um, that'll help us sell bodybuilding services. <laughs> like, that'll that'll help explain dating. If we all just if we think about wolves, <laughs> like, surely that will help us understand how to talk to women. <laughs> like it's just very bizarre. Here's the thing, though. I think probably about 20% uh, easily of what I tell people is true is probably me misremembering things easily, if not higher, probably higher. Anyway, so do your own research as well. (laughs) Jackie, you're like a a curated (laughs) J-store. You're ready to talk soup? I'm ready to talk soup. Let's simmer down. (laughs) So it's going to start us off. Well, I believe we need a little history lesson. We are going with rosemary, thyme, and sage. And really all I know about them is that they're kind of from the same part of the world. Rosemary and thyme are both Mediterranean spices. And then sage is a little more interesting because that comes from North Africa, so like the Egypt area. There's plenty of trade going on between Mediterranean countries and Northern Africa. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a nice bit of sea to make your money on. So, um, is this just off the top of your head right now, or did you plan this? (laughs) Yeah, this is just off the top of my head. So, um, yeah, so my guess would be that these have been used in combination for like over a thousand years i think when i looked at it it was rosemary and thyme have been used since like 700 ce my guess is that these are just together a lot of the time because they're from similar parts of the world and they taste really good together and that's the history (laughs) 
I like your speculative history more than the real history, I think. You know, it is fun. <laughs> For starting Spice Rumors show, it's getting pretty controversial. Yeah, it's, uh, we're the Spice Girls now. I think I'm Rosemary, Sydney Sage, Maggie's Time. Someone want to describe their soup for the week? Jackie, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll kick us off. I think you guys are going to get really annoyed with me during this description. 100%. Um, because I'm going to use the word infuse a lot. <laughs> I hate it already. <laughs> I went to the store and just kind of like picked up whatever. I picked up the three herbs and then I was like, well... I'll see what's on sale as far as meat and the rest of it. And so I picked up chicken to go with it. Then I decided, because it was the day after Christmas that I was making it, that I should do a little cream, because I don't know. So overnight, I infused my cream, which is about a cup of half and half, with all three spices. Sydney, I know you hate this. (laughs) Basically, infusing sounds fancy, but it's the easiest cooking method I've ever tried. (laughs) Okay, so how did you infuse it? Okay, so all you have to do is put half and half in a Tupperware container. I chopped up the herbs a little, put that in the container, and put it in the refrigerator overnight. In the morning, you just drain out the herbs, and then the cream just tastes of these herbs, and it's really good. You did taste the cream, and it worked. Yeah, I did, and it worked. And it worked, and I was delighted. And then I wanted to try a different method of infusing with the, like, broth that I used. So I got chicken broth, heated it on low until it was simmering with all the different spices in it, as well as some garlic and a little bit of onion. Did the same thing, where I just drained out the herbs and all the other ingredients. And then I was left with a pretty flavorful broth once I combined the cream and the broth. Then I cooked up the vegetables and the chicken. I basically treated this as if I was on... Iron Chef, and these were the mystery ingredients that I'd been given for the week. And just try to put them in everything, every component. Like I roasted chopped potatoes with, um, I infused uh, the. <laughs> so basically, uh, to infuse like roasted vegetables, all you have to do is put the whole herb, like you don't have to remove the leaves or anything. It'll just naturally come out with that flavor. And it's really cool because when you open the oven, the aroma just kind of smacks you in the face. And so it was great. So I had some chicken that I had pan roasted with the herbs in it. I had the potatoes and carrot, onions and mushrooms that I had all cooked or roasted with the herbs. And I tried to remove as many of the actual leaves as I could find because I don't know. I don't I don't like the sensation of chewing on <laughs> cooked herbs. It just it always feels bitter to me. It truly ended up being one of the best soups I've made in forever. Because it just had so much of the the rosemary and the thyme and obviously a little bit of the sage. I tried to keep sage to a minimum though and focus on the rosemary and thyme. Who's next? I'll go next. For Christmas Day dinner this year, Tim made a rib roast. We had just a ton of bones and a ton of meat left over. Obviously, we are two people. We started a pot of stock with the bones, some carrots, celery, onion, and then I had a bunch of beef bone marrow bones in my freezer too, so I threw those in there as well and just let that go for like a few hours. So it's already starting with a really good base. 
And I didn't actually end up doing that much else, honestly. <laughs> After we got the broth out, then, then I did a few more steps. You are so good at making your broth from scratch. I almost always go prepackaged. You know, I had the bones. After we had the broth in hand, let's see, there wasn't much to do. I mean, honestly, I cut up a few potatoes. I cut up a few carrots. I cut up some of the prime rib and put that in there. I also didn't de-leave any of my herbs either. I just threw them in there. Oh, and a, about a cup of red wine as well. I just let that go for like an hour and then I let it reduce for probably another 30 to 60 minutes. If we're going off of last week's definition, this turned out to be more of a stew as the components did not float. So yeah, this this one was more of a stew, not gonna lie. Really, it was pretty minimal effort for how good it, it truly was. I'm gonna say this is probably the best soup I've made so far out of the three. My turn to discuss. I exploited one of my favorite soups. Once you drop these herbs, I knew it had to be done. I made creamy tortellini soup because yes. pasta is my holiday comfort food as well and so it was a solo dinner for myself I just kept it tried and true just did some simple cheese tortellini veggies onion carrot celery tomatoes and then instant pot I Jackie went with you and just did the the veggie stock pre-made I put two cans of tomatoes in there and then also the route of Jackie I added some cream in at the end kind of mix it together I also added kale I forgot about that I wanted more of like a crunchy element with my herbs so that kind of helped keep it from like chewing on herbs because some of the bigger leaf chunks kind of just clung to the kale added some cream and then I had some shredded mozzarella so I put those on a baking sheet and made like little like crisps crouton things and sprinkled a bit more cheese on top it was very dairy filled so not good for the non-dairy tummy but it was delicious of course, I used the Instant Pot, so I burned my mouth through the first bowl, but let the second bowl cool down a little bit. And it was actually, like, cold and snowy and gross, so it actually, I don't know, it sounds cheesy. Oh, get it? Oh, oops. Uh, but it, it just, it warmed me up. For those listening at home, Jackie has just been chefs kissing and nodding with her <laughs> eyes closed throughout the whole description. <laughs> It sounds really good. And also, I'm very excited because I, I had hoped this would happen, that we would make three completely different soups. And that's what ended up happening. And that's also delightful. Because I went chicken, Maggie went cheese, and Sydney went beef. And it's just like... Wine. I just love how versatile these these herbs are. You can You can use them with anything that's on sale at the store. It's just wonderful. Also, I love having rosemary around because not only is it a good herb for many dishes, but it's a very beautiful garnish from cocktails to charcuterie boards to like, if you ever just want to feel fancy on Instagram, just throw a little bit of the stem of rosemary on your plate. That's true. I, I did use it to garnish a couple cocktails. Can you grow rosemary at home? I tried and I failed, but yes, a normal person can do it very easily. <laughs> rosemary is such a good garnish for grapefruit juice and gin. And then you put some rosemary, just a stock of rosemary in that cocktail. And it looks like it's more than two ingredients. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I mean, once you put the rosemary in, that's a $20 cocktail. Precisely. Like, you should be having that at a rooftop bar once there's rosemary in it. Waiting for your friends to all arrive from different corners of the greater Los Angeles metro area. And you're just at a piano bar in a random downtown LA hotel. And you're sipping a cocktail. The largest hotel I've ever been in. There were like five bars in that place. But they would only let me into one of them. Because I'd, I'd just gotten off a plane and they were like, you're not dressed appropriately for any of our other bars. Please use this one in the back. That's how we ended up at that bar. None of the other bars would accept me. Oh, okay. I was like, I know I come into the story at some point, but I'm, I don't remember this part. I was wandering around downtown Los Angeles and you were like, please stop just wandering. Yeah. <laughs> um, find... Find a place to sit and we will come to you. And that's, yeah. And so that's how I ended up. I was like, okay, well, that's a big hotel. They'll probably have a place to sit. They're like, hello, weary traveler. We've got a seat in the back for you. (laughs) In the back, though. (laughs) And that's the story of my two years living in Los Angeles. I was always just thrown with the commoners. Yeah, please don't please don't try and uh, speak to any of our visiting dignitaries and celebrities. <laughs> You'll be in the back. So we've got a pick next week. We do. And in fact, it is once again Maggie's turn to choose uh, the ingredient or type of soup of the week. It, it's my turn. I'm so unprepared. What the fuck? Just kidding. <laughs> We're going to make pho. A classic Vietnamese soup. Yes! You can use any vegetables or meat of your choice or keep it vegetarian. Have fun with it, ladies. Yes. Yes! This is what I wanted. Oh my gosh, this is another soup that I would just buy. Um, I've never tried to make pho before. I have never. I, I, I hope it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I hope it's simple. I'm sure there's not centuries so. <laughs> technique or anything like that I, I, I yeah well I do have this week off work so hopefully <laughs> hopefully it takes less than 40 hours I really Next hope week's episode story time I quit my job to perfect the uh, I'm sure people have done that um I, I just... love with Jackie this week's stew on that if you are ever called a beta, you can simply point to the wolf research and they will realize you are not a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Just something to stew on. Just something to stew on. (laughs) 